Hello everyone and welcome to the Latin American History Through Film podcast. My name is Cameron Simonini and I'm going to be talking to you about a movie called A 12 Year Night, also known as La Noche de Doce Años in Spanish. Now this movie is a Netflix film that was directed by Alvaro Breckner. It is a Spanish movie that came out in 2018. Now the setting of the movie was it was Uruguay in the 1970s to about the 1980s. Um, The reason that it was portrayed in this time was because around this time Uruguay had been taken over by a dictatorship. For as long as they can remember Uruguay had been in democracy. It was one of the world's most richest countries countries per capita. You know, they were doing amazing for themselves, but then they were taken over by a dictatorship. Now, because of this, there was a group called the Tupamaros that were a radicalist left movement. Um, they were known for their theatrics whenever it came to raids and heists and whatnot. They were doing pretty well for themselves for a while. But then things got bad, which led to kidnappings, bombings, and even executions because some of the people participating in the Tupamaros wanted to make things violent. Um, So because of this, nine of the Tupamaro leaders were taken from their cells and held as hostages. Um, These people were actually leaders. They weren't just random Tupamaros, you know, fighters or anything. But they did this because they didn't want the group to try to make a comeback because the Tupamaros, they you know, disbanded. They weren't a group anymore. You know, they didn't participate in anything anymore. So they were done. But just to make sure of this, while Juan Maria Bordaberry was in charge, they wanted to make sure that the Tupamaros didn't make a comeback. Now, the movie itself is about the kidnapping and holding of Jose Mujica, Mauricio Rosenkopf, and Elatorio Fernandez. Now, that is only three of the leaders that are known. They were taken from prison which they had already been sent to. They were arrested quite a long time ago. And they were held at different camps for 12 years. Now, you see throughout the movie how they switch camps every couple of years, maybe every year, just depended. Um, Now, these men were treated very poorly. They had very little food, very little water. They had no hygiene, no communication, nothing to keep themselves busy little to no visitation with their families. I mean, it was just very bad. Now, the goal of the soldiers and the men that kidnapped these men was to drive them crazy. Now, when you put three men in a situation like this with these types of conditions, I'm not surprised that that was their goal or if they did meet their goal. Because, I mean, all these men had was four walls and maybe a bed depending on where they were but eventually about three years into their captivity Mauricio and El Otorio also known as Nato they began speaking to each other through Morse code by like tapping on the walls it took them a while to get everything straight but after a while they could communicate to each other fine they even played chess with each other in their minds Um, you could see how bad it was or how much they were talking to each other because their knuckles were very bloody and bruised and their hands just looked awful. But um, that was their only way to communicate because the soldiers even said, or whoever was in charge when they were kidnapped, 
said, do not let these men communicate with each other. You are not allowed to communicate with them, referring to the soldiers. They are to have no communication whatsoever. Now, Jose, he was not part of the Morse Code. And you can kind of see how they kind of isolate Jose, which is why he's one of my favorite characters in the movie. Just the way he was portrayed. You can see he was kind of isolated from the others. I mean, they were all pretty much isolated, but he was even more isolated. He actually started to go a little mad. Like they were all having hallucinations of their families and everything, which made sense. That was the only thing that kept them going for 12 years. But Jose, it was it was another story. I read an article that um, Jose had been shot six times when he was arrested. You actually see that in the movie as well. He had been shot six times when he was arrested, which is why they say that he went a little bit more mad than the rest of them did. Although Nato was also shot in the neck, but who knows? But yeah, Jose, he actually was diagnosed with psychosis from a doctor whenever he finally was able to see a doctor because you could see in the movie that he was just like hallucinating things. Like he hallucinated having a whole conversation with his mother and, you know, he was hallucinating that there was some type of um, listening device in the walls or like someone was listening to him. And he even hallucinated the day he got arrested that the people around him were telling him that someone's listening, someone's recording. And then all of a sudden he looks up and everyone in the room has bags over their heads and whatnot. But you can just see how much it affected Jose. But... He did not let that keep him from trying his best to make the best out of the situation. Um, Now, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, only because it was so crazy how this happened, was Nato was taken to the bathroom or he was taken to use the bathroom. And they because he was a hostage, they handcuffed him to a rail above his head. And when they did that, they kind of realized that he couldn't squat down to actually use the bathroom. So the soldier that brought him in went to his boss and then his boss went to his boss and then his boss went to his boss. And then eventually there ended up being at least 20 men in this one bathroom trying to figure out how to let this man squat down and use the bathroom. But they actually never show if he was able to use the bathroom or not. They never show if they just uncuffed him and let him use the bathroom or if they picked up a bucket and just let him use it like that or they took him back to his cell or whatnot. They never actually explain that. But another one of my favorite scenes from the movie was with Jose. He was locked in a cell, but there was a little bit of space. There was like a small window where he could see outside and there was um, some type of party or celebration going on outside. And so he starts shouting because everyone could hear him. I want my potty. I want my mate because his mother had came to see him and she told him that she brought him a potty to use and some mate to drink, but he never got it. So he's shouting, I want my potty. I want my mate. I want it. I want it. I want it. And so eventually one of the um, people in charge comes down And Jose continues to scream, but this time he's screaming about how this man in particular was cheating on his wife 
and how he got syphilis from cheating on his wife. And it was just, it was honestly very hilarious to me, but he used what he could to his advantage. Cause I mean, he, he had little to drink. He didn't have a proper toilet to use. So he was trying to make sure he got whatever his mother brought him. Cause anytime that the families brought food, drink, clothes, anything for their family members that had been locked up, they never saw it. Like Jose Mauricio and Nato, they never saw anything that their families brought them. Like the soldiers took it, like they would eat their food, drink their drink, whatever the case may be. Now, you see a couple of historical things in this movie. One of those things being that Jose Mujica actually ends up becoming president of Uruguay in 2010. Not just any president, but the most radical president that they've ever had. You know, he legalizes cannabis, gay marriage, and legal abortion. And this man was very modest during his presidency. Like, he gave away 90% of his salary. He drove a 25-year-old Volkswagen Beetle. He would still work. He had a very small house. He He didn't want to take more than he needed. He gave back a lot of what he had. Um... He is no longer president now only because in Uruguay, you're not allowed to serve consecutive terms. But there is also the yes or no movement or yes or no vote that is talked about in the movie because a yes or no vote has been seen throughout Latin America whenever it comes to voting for or against a dictatorship. Now, this vote is actually what gets Jose Mauricio and Nato out of being hostages because the vote ended up being no, which means no more dictatorship. Um, And because of this, they were let go. There was no longer any point in keeping them as hostages. I mean, they were sent back to prison to serve out the rest of the term that they were supposed to serve in the first place. But um, this vote, this isn't the only time that you see the yes or no vote. There was also another situation in a different movie that I watched um, where... The yes or no vote mattered for a dictatorship in a whole nother country. It was it was pretty much the same situation, um, but it was about the advertisement of the yes or no vote, that movie in particular. But yeah, it's just a very historical thing because this isn't the only time that you see it. Like it is used around Latin America pretty often. But yeah, I genuinely believe that this is a good movie to watch. You know, it is very informative you get to see how these men were treated and this is pretty much what pushes Jose Mujica to become the next president or not the next but a president of Uruguay and keep fighting for a radicalist left movement like you can see that this is how dictators or a dictatorship would treat people that were fighting for their basic rights But yeah, honestly, I give it like a solid eight out of 10. Really good movie. Um, Well, thank you for listening to my podcast. Bye.